This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Mavericks. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by Evan Grant. And on the line, we've got David Moore. David, how's it going? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. Uh, you don't care about me? I do, but I was waiting for you to introduce yourself in that way you often do. <laughs> it's me, Dave. It's me, Evan, David. Hello, Evan. Uh, I'm happy to be sharing a landline with you, even though I'm not on a landline. I'm on a cell. But. On a cell, but whatever it is. Anyway, David, we're going to talk a little bit about those Mavericks uh, and that that uh, that Luca guy uh, who had a triple double last night, forty point triple double. Only one other player uh, younger than twenty one in the history of the NBA has had a triple double with forty points, and that was LeBron James. Which led to a very interesting tweet from LeBron James in which he referred to him by a line that a former governor once used, adios mofo, uh, but uh, that, that, was, that, was the, that was how, uh, how King James referred to, uh, to Luca and, and then added, I told y'all he was the real deal. So, uh, I, I, was that a former governor or was that a Dancing with the Stars contestant? Well, both actually. Yeah. If you're, okay. if you're, if you've been a governor in this state, I think you automatically qualify for Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I think that's the way that works. Uh, I'm sorry. I was, I was still on last night's quote from our current governor, uh, in which, uh, Chick fil A was mentioned and he said he was going to Bill Miller's for dinner. <laughs> Well, he's probably in, in Temple. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, I guess. Oh, well, anyway. Anyway, so, <laughs> so David, um, so watching these Mavericks, I don't know if you got to see the game last night. Uh, I, I, I didn't get to see the first half. I saw the second. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there are things about Luca's game that certainly c- can be improved, and that's the crazy thing about this. Of course, he's only 20 years old. He's still not a, a great free throw shooter. He's better this year than he was last year. Uh, but you know, if if he were to get a little more locked down at the free throw line, uh, then he would be even more dangerous. You know, there are times when he still uh, presses a little bit too much, tries to do a little too much. But uh, my gosh, what a what a, a fabulous player he is! Well, he's wonderful, and you know, it's interesting the, the point you bring up about the the free throw shooting and. Again, it, it, at this stage, the fact that that is what you're focusing on shows just what a wonderful all-around player he is and what an impact he has, where that's, that's fairly far down the list when you look at his other attributes. But, yeah, he does need to, to get better there because that is how you win close games. And, 
and sometimes his numbers have not been at his best in the fourth quarter if you're looking to quibble at things. And so that's one area where you get better. And the, the, the player I always point to that made a, the most dramatic example is, is, in the, is in the Hall of Fame, and that's Carl Malone. Uh, he was a really poor free-throw shooter when he came into this league, much worse than what Luka Doncic was. And, you know, if he hadn't improved his free-throw shooting to the level that he did, he would have been a very nice player, but I don't know if he would have been a Hall of Fame player. I mean, you know, his ability at the free-throw line, and I don't think it's any exaggeration, and Carl Malone took him from a guy who would average 21 to 22 points consistently to a guy who was averaging 28 to 31 points consistently, and that put him on another level. Now, I understand Luka Doncic is already on that other level, but when you're talking about greatness, and that's what we're going to be doing with Luka Doncic for years, is talking about greatness. Um, It's about improving the areas that aren't as good as some others, and, and the great players do that. And I would, I would fully expect him uh, to improve that at least incrementally uh, over the course of his career. Now, is he ever going to be a, a Steve Nash as a free throw shooter? I think that's probably unrealistic, but uh, he, he needs to inch that up a little bit. You know, the thing that I, when I'm watching him uh, play last night that, that strikes me about him is that um, – and, and, of course, you get this, too, with him after a game uh, when he's being asked, you know, uh, about his performance and, and, and obviously all the triple-doubles and the, the, the potential of averaging a triple-double for a season like Russell Westbrook, like Oscar Robertson, which is just mind-boggling, um, is that – I think he genuinely doesn't care about that if they don't win. Uh, when when they lose, he is he is such a competitor that uh, it really it really bothers him, you know. Which is obviously what you want. You want a guy bothered by the fact that if you're not winning, and uh, and and when you watch him play in a game, he is exerting so much energy all the time, and that you see players occasionally around him like a, opponents. And they're kind of you. You see them looking at him almost like, "Man, what are you doing? You know, why? Why are you so all out all the time?" And and it is an amazing thing to watch a guy with his ability and the things that he can do, and and what drives him uh, as a player. I'm I'm just I'm I'm kind of blown away by the maturity level, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that because you know. In Europe, he's over there playing at 16 years old, playing with with men, and 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 I and I I go back to that that whole process too, the draft process when people were talking about the fact that well they they question the the uh, the people he was competing against in these leagues, and it's like, are you kidding me? He's playing against you know 30 year old men, 25 30 year old men, as opposed to guys you're drafting from the NCAA who are playing against teenagers. I mean why would we question the level of competition that he's playing against over there? And then he comes over and he's able to immediately translate what he was doing there and step his game up. He's actually playing better now than he was playing over there, uh, which, you know, you would assume that would be the case with a guy getting older, but certainly not when you're talking about the, uh, the competition level being so much better. So uh, I, I do think that he is a, once-in-a-generation talent. I, I think this is a guy who, within two or three years, four years, is going to be one of the two or three best players in the NBA. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and there are always exceptions, and, and he is. But, but you know, you brought up a good point. I mean, playing with a lot, a lot of these players aren't known, and they're dismissed in, in Europe as well. They don't have, uh, you know, they don't have the dominant skills that you see a lot of the players in the U.S. have. They don't do this. They don't do that. But there's, you know, if you don't have those dominant skills, what do you have if you're a professional athlete? You have an understanding of the game. You know how to use your skills that you have and how to mask the ones you don't. And that the game is, is played differently in, in Europe a, a little bit than it is here. And when you're playing with veterans, guys who are 10 years older than you, who understand the game, uh, and understand nuances of the game. If you're perceptive and, and you're a, a savant, and, and let's face it, I mean, Luka Doncic is a basketball savant. Uh, you pick up on those nuances and you incorporate it into your game. And it, it sounds silly a little bit to talk about a guy's understanding the nuances of the game when he's, when he's going 42, 12, and 11, like he did last night. But that's what's allowing him to do it, his, his understanding of spacing on the floor, of, uh, of uh, when to shoot, how, to, how a defense is going to react. And uh, he just, you know, I, I'm convinced players like him see the game. The, the peripheral vision is, is outstanding, but they also see the game. It's probably running a little bit slower in what they see and interpret than what it feels to other players. You know, other players, I think it feels, wow, you know, this is, this is hard to keep up. Uh, you've never gotten that sense from Luka Doncic from the start. You've always gotten the sense that he's there assessing everything, knows exactly where everyone is on the floor, and now it's time to initiate a play. And uh, it's, a, it's a, a rare gift. And, and, you know, you were talking about uh, LeBron, the only other guy. I, I saw some numbers this morning. Look at Luka Doncic's numbers in his second season compared to Magic Johnson and LeBron James. He's scoring much more than Magic in his second season. I think he's only, I think he's scoring two points more a game than uh, what LeBron was in his second season at this point. Now, there's still a lot to play this year, so we'll see if these numbers hold up. But he, he's like four rebounds a game and I think three assists a game ahead of Magic, and roughly about the same uh, with LeBron. So uh, he's doing something that, that is very rare, and he's the true total package. And, and at the moment, he's only, what I think today's latest numbers, he's only six-tenths of an assist off of uh, having averaging a triple-double at this point, and he's number two in the league in assist. I think he's fourth in scoring, Second in assists and eleventh in rebounding. Uh, David, uh, we have someone in the room who's raised his hand who would like to say something. Oh, is that me? Yeah, that's you. Yeah, I. I here's the only thing I would say. I, I he's going to be the naysayer. I, I no, I I don't want to be a naysayer, but I I also don't want to. I, I, I get, he was the rookie of the year last year. He's played exceptional for a year and thirteen games this season. Um. You just think he's a flash in the pan? No, I'm just real hesitant to start bringing up uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, the NFL. These, you said, generational talent. I'm not ready to pronounce anybody in 
the second week of his or the the second month of his second season a generational talent. I think he's got the ability. He to is be generational that. talent. What you're questioning is whether he's going to be a generational, generational player. player. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, and the the same thing holds true. I mean, I, 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 at this point in time on the baseball front, I'm now growing comfortable with the idea of Mike Trout versus Mickey Mantle comparisons. But I thought that was unfair to do to him in year one or year two uh, because we are talking about the best players ever. And, well, and I, well, he's better than Mickey Mantle was. The game has changed too, but I, I mean, let, let's not get off. Well, Mickey had too many injuries. Uh, he did later in his career. Uh, I mean, yeah. later in his career, never got to be him. the player he could have right. been. I, I, my point here is, I, I think, I think the Luca trade uh, was a brilliant move by the Mavericks. I think Trey Young has proved to be a very good player in Atlanta, and probably was the second best rookie last year, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, but this fits for the Mavericks, and you can't be. I. I if you want to find flaws in the free throw shooting right now, that's an that's an important part of the game for him that's that's got to improve. Mm-hmm. But I just want to hold off on saying that this is one of the that he's on the road to being one of the best basketball players of all time. I, I think he's shown some exceptional skills, but I don't want to. I, I think it's unfair sometimes to put that kind of pressure on somebody in their second year. Well, you're wrong. Thank so, you. So there's there's that. We- you got to say that. So now we're going to move on and uh, and 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 try to get more uh, reasoned uh, thoughts about the. Wait, Evan, that, that's your only rebuttal. That's your only rebuttal to Kevin saying you're wrong. Uh, Kevin says I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I and yes, I I I know what Evan's saying, and that, and that's right. You don't want to load up too much in a guy that there's a hundred things that can go wrong. The difference for me, oh, like, these are just benchmark. These are benchmarks to show where they are at sure. this stage of their career. Yeah, and that, I mean that's how I view it, I, and I agree completely. I mean the the most underrated quality of any great player is consistency and just the availability to be available. Makes <laughs> sense. Durability, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's about durability. Is people's eyes glaze over when you talk about durability and how this guy is out there for all of these games and and but that. That it truly distinguishes the greats from the near greats most of the time. And so you don't know how often he's – yeah, I mean, if he's a player that's going to wind up – you know, there's some other outstanding players out there. Um, uh, You you have a center in L.A. right now who everyone goes is an incredible talent, but look how many games he's missed. If he continues to miss 10, 20, 30 games a year – he's going to be thought of differently and his career is going to be looked at differently. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had any of those issues with Luka Doncic on that yet. So you don't project that. And uh, yeah, these, these are just benchmarks, but they're very promising benchmarks. Yeah. Here's the thing that I would say about, I would agree. And I would also say that the thing that, that, that what, what Kevin, yes, I, I did because it's necessary. Yeah. Um, I, Kevin, to your point about the level of effort with which he plays, mm-hmm. I think, uh, there's two things that, that immediately come to mind are one, those are the things that you look for in, yes. the, in the truly generational players. The other part is guys who play with that much effort. They also tend to uh, risk injury a little bit more. Sure. So I, th- those are, those are the things that come to mind. I mean, he, there's all kinds of things that can go sure. wrong here. Sure. You know, there, there, there's no question about that. But the thing that, that strikes me about him is that 
you know, he was a great player at 16. Right. You know, and he it's not like, oh, now he's sweeping up. You know, when Dirk Nowitzki came into this league, he was a pretty good player. Right, uh, his first few years in the league, he wasn't a featured player. I mean, no, and and you know, I was talking to our, our old pal Chuck Cooperstein the other the other day, and he said, you know, I think probably that Luca is better at this age than Dirk was, and I said, uh, listen, Chuck, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with you and with you on just about anything about basketball, but come on, he's a much better player than Dirk was at this age, uh, a much better player. Uh, now, he's I'm not, the most advanced European player to come into this league. No, no, yeah, there's no question about that. Absolutely, he is. Now, here's the what thing. What was Giannis like as a rookie? And Ted Acumpo? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, no. Not no, as not dominant. The same. No, okay. that's, why, that's why he lasted so long in the draft. That's why when Donnie went to Mark and said, hey, let's take this guy. What was that, the 15th pick, I think? And and uh, and, and Mark said no because they were going after yeah, Dwight Howard. Yeah. yeah. So, no, no, not nearly that advanced. And, and people surely did. And you could say even now as, as athletic as he is and great as he is that people will poke holes in his game. Say there's things he still sure. doesn't do, you know. I'm not yeah, sure. He's that, dominant, but where's the three point shot? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, people don't have the, you know, the. I I just pointed out the big thing is his free throw shooting, which is not awful. It's just not as good as it should be. But I want to point out this, and this is something I always call my Michael Cage. Uh, analysis and David would remember Michael Cage played for the Seattle Supersonics was a, was a great rebounder uh, and led the league in rebounding several years uh, but you know to qualify that uh, you have to look at the fact that there wasn't anybody else on that team getting any rebounds and so uh, because of that Michael Cage got a lot uh, and, and I would say that on this team right now the Mavericks are not a great rebounding team uh, and he gets a lot more – he gets more rebounds and probably more points than he should because of the deficiencies on this roster. Uh, and the two deficiencies, as I see it, are, are a guy, are a rebounder, more of a physical presence in the middle, and another scorer. You know, last night uh, Dorian Finney-Smith had a really nice night. And these are the things that the the Mavericks are looking for. They're looking for a, a third guy to step up. Is that going to be – uh, Finney Smith is that going to be Seth Curry is that going to be DeLon Wright is that going to be Justin Jackson and so far they've got no one to do that consistently they've got a, a game from Seth Curry they've got the game last night from Dorian Finney Smith right and to me this is the thing that's that is holding the Mavericks back and I know that they're waiting to see if one of those guys is going to step up and do that they don't need and I got in this discussion with our old pal Barry Horn the other day and he completely misconstrued it as he often does uh and he he's he was saying that that i was saying they needed another superstar and i said no they don't need another superstar to be a, a really competitive playoff team they just need a guy who's going to put in a, a consistently 16 17 18 points a game if you could get that from a guy then what what the mavericks are calling that is our our michael finley if they can get a guy who does that pretty consistently now, that's going to drive Luca's numbers down just a little bit, probably, but it's also going to make them a much more dangerous team. Yeah, well, I will. Yeah, I agree. Luca's numbers are inflated at the moment because uh, you don't have the rebounding on this team that you need. Um, ideally, you don't want him having to expend that much. I mean, uh, yeah, you still want a double-digit rebounder, but there, there are a lot more rebounds out there to be had. If he's not getting them, no one's getting them. You know, right? Uh, yeah, you're on a better team. 
look, I, I think this guy is special creating shots for others and his understanding of the game. So I don't know that his assists really in any scheme are going to go down appreciably or if you want them to. But if this becomes a better team, uh, you, would, you would imagine his scoring would stay the same or maybe dip a little bit, and, and his rebounding might dip some. Uh, but, but I will also say I, I think that's several years away. But, but to your other point, um, I don't think they're going to find the one player who's going to be their third option this year. I think it's going to rotate and be a night-to-night basis. And when you have that, you do need more numbers out of Luka Doncic to uh, kind of transition and, and kind of prop that area up. I, I just don't, I don't know that any of the players they have here are going to be that third option. And and you also need to see, you know, Christoph Porzingis develop into the true number two option and, and kind of work his way back from that from that devastating injury because he's not there yet. I don't think he's a solid number two. Uh, option at, at this stage. He, he is on this team, but if you're talking about an elite level team that's going to compete for a championship, uh, he still needs to play his way back into shape. But uh, but I think I think the signs are promising. I just don't think he's there yet. But yeah, I agree with you completely. It was Michael Finley uh, you had here in you know in San Antonio in the first part of their championship run when Sean Elliott was their second best player. They were a good team, a competitive team, but not a championship team. When he was their third best player, they were a championship team. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're looking at. And they don't, they haven't found that piece yet. But I will also say it's easier to find that piece when you have Luka Doncic and Kristaps uh, Porzingis in place, uh, than it is to have the number three guy and then go about trying to find the number one or the, or the second guy. You know, and they're starting to have set themselves up well. You know, when they made that deal with the Knicks, and of course they got Courtney Lee and, and uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. in that deal as well. Um, you know, I, I like the idea. I, I kind of uh, some a few people on Twitter and uh, uh, emailers have uh, talked to me about. Uh, oh, they 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 don't like <laughs> they don't like Carlisle, and they don't like uh, the constant shuffling of lineups and starting lineups and and uh, what is he doing and and uh, you know why didn't he just let somebody settle in and uh, you know I got I, and I and I tell all of them the same thing I said first of all it's a little early in the process to be criticizing it too much uh, and and secondly I'm I'm not that much in favor of uh, of lineups that fluctuate as much as as his do but I I don't see anybody that uh, that I'm blown enough away with. To say that, oh yeah, he this is the third wheel right now, and I and I don't I you know Hardaway to me is a born sixth man. You know, he, there's a not a shot he won't take. He has no conscience, and the problem with Seth Curry is he has too much conscience. You know, he he won't take shots. He won't assert himself. You know, that's why they got him was to be that three point shooter because he's he has such a a high percentage in his career uh, over forty percent, uh, but he just won't take a shot. Uh, and and he's not much at creating on his own, so uh, I I don't see the 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 options yet present themselves. You know, I don't know at what point one of these guys is not going to step forward. But I will say that because of the contract situation with Hardaway and with Lee, uh, that I guess Lee comes off I think after this year, and then uh, Hardaway's contract runs through the next next season. 
you're setting yourself up. Well, those were some big deals. Uh, and so you're setting yourself up for for being able to add that third player uh, through free agency. That, that's how it, it, it ends up. Well, I will say, too, I, I also think you know Dallas has been criticized in the past, and, and rightfully so, for not adding uh, for, for key – uh, let's forget about marquee free agents, but kind of top-shelf free agents right. uh, not coming to Dallas in the past. I believe that will no longer be the case now that Luka Doncic is here. And, and this is not a knock on Dirk Nowitzki, but I think players saw how much the offense was centered on him and predicated on him and had a difficult time envisioning what their role was going to be offensively in that, and it would clearly be a subservient role. Luca has a much different game. They can see by how Doncic plays that he's going to get them the ball, that he, while he has the ball in his hands, he doesn't dominate the ball, and that he is going to be able to share, and uh, you know he, he has flex in his offensive game. He doesn't have to average 28 to 32 a night. Uh, for this team to get better going forward. And I, I think it's going to be easier to attract uh, quality free agents that fit what the, that, what the Mavericks lack right now because they see how they can have a prominent role offensively with Luka Doncic on this team, where it was difficult for them to see that with not only where Dirk was, but also the style of play that team had at that time. So I think that's going to be different going forward. I really do. I think you're 100% right. I think that uh, the, the the fact that LeBron James tweeted that and, and said, I told you all he's the real deal, who do we think that LeBron is talking to, fans, or do you think he's talking to other players in the league? I, I think there's a little bit of a message there for everybody that this is the real deal. And and uh, and, and I think that you're right about uh, the, the feelings about Dirk. I think you also have to factor in that Dirk was older and, and, and players were not looking at it like, I don't want to go sign up for a four- or five-year deal with a team with a, with a superstar who's 33, 34 years old. Uh, and so I think those were, those were all issues in that. You, people look at this team and see a, very, a 20-year-old superstar. Uh, they see a 24-year-old star who's working his way back to, a, you know, to an all-star level. And I, and I think that uh, – and I have every confidence that Porzingis will do that. If you watch him play, yeah, there's there are times when he doesn't look very good. And there are times he just looks fabulous uh, for a guy that size. And, and the way he's been able to impact the game, protecting the rim, blocking shots, uh, he's not afraid to take shots. They're just not going in right now. I, I, I think it's just a question, you know, when a guy's been out for 20 months – it's a lot to ask him to come back in and just step right into the freeway and, and, and be able to play right away. I think that's just that was just crazy. I think when it gets down to uh, March and April, you're really going to start seeing uh, the kind of impact he can make uh, on the league. And then, you know, if, it's, if he doesn't come all the way back this year, I fully expect him to be able to do that next year. Uh, and when this team, after it adds another piece, is really going to be uh, a factor in the West. I, I think they're going to be a factor now. I think that this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, and I don't know if I don't know if they get past the first round, but I think they're going to make it really hard for somebody else. Uh, and I think that this is going to this is a team to be reckoned with for the future. And and who thought we'd be saying that two years ago? 
you know that this was a team that was that was adrift you know with with a dirk at the end and uh and no real promise and even even after the drafting of Dennis Smith Jr a nice player kind of exciting but you just didn't see any potential there for greatness for this for this team and now this team has taken a huge leap in the last two years, a huge leap in the league, and I think that they're going to end up being a real factor here very shortly. Yeah, and I'll also say, too, I think when you look back on it, that uh, another judge of a, of a player's true greatness is that while it can be projected, often a truly great player will take his team and put it into the playoff conversation earlier than what you were projecting. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a significant measure of just where Luka Doncic is as a player. Because going into this season, you could still say, okay, now he's really good. What, what a wonderful future. But, you know, this seems a little bit early. Well, the, the, great, the truly great players, the transcendental players, take those teams deeper into the playoffs and, and accelerate uh, that development and evolution beyond what you project it to be so one we'll see if he does that Two, uh, another one of your points i just wanted to, to say something about on uh, when we're talking about luca and, and dirk you know everyone i think most people and, and rightfully so think of dirk the totality of his career and, and how he is beloved and the respect he had around the league and, and all of that was warranted and that's how he should be remembered but if you look at early in his career, he was he was respected, I would say, by his peers, but not necessarily embraced. Um, and and there was not a there was not a sense of, of of buzz around him of like wow, look at what this guy can do, man! I would I would love to play with this guy. You never had that again. No. They were different types of players. I think there was I think there was still. Uh, a European bias in place at that time in the league that is not in place now that, that Dirk and a lot of others chipped away at over time. So I don't think Luca has to deal uh, with that prejudice that Dirk had. But but there's a sense of of already acceptance on this guy and a general acknowledgement among the great players in the league of, look, we have another guy to welcome into our fraternity that you never had with Dirk at this stage of, of his career, and, and it really didn't have until till the end. There, he, he, got a, he got grudging respect later in his career, which I think was too long. He had to wait too long for. Oh, no uh, you're question. not seeing that with Doncic. No question about that. All right, now listen, we're trying to get out of here, but Evan wants to say something. Oh, I just wanted to say that um, I, I, um, yeah. I would love to continue this Mavericks conversation, but Kevin would like to move on to the, the Cowboys. <laughs> Thanks for that, Evan. I appreciate that. Nice segue. So uh, that was uh, that covers our, our, our Luca talk. We talked more about Luca than we did the Mavericks themselves, but that's okay. Uh, he's, he's pretty great. So for everybody here to everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Mavericks Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.